I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to this podcast homily for First Sunday After Trinity, the second in a series of 26 homilies for Trinity season. Revisions to this series are part of the AIC celebration of the start of its second decade on the web. The musical theme is the fourth verse of Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, performed by Richard M.S. Irwin and used with his permission. It is also the theme music for the companion video presentation for Trinity Season. Listeners may benefit from the companion AIC seasonal video series Trinity Tide, the teaching season presented in nine episodes, each of them linked from the digital library page with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The series offers a brief history of the evolution of Sunday Pentecost and Trinity season, Anglican traditions of Whit Sunday and Trinity, including the seasonal color and fasting traditions, and commentary on the Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for Whit Sunday, Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, all 24 Sundays after Trinity, and Sunday next before Advent in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The Collect, Epistle, and Gospel readings for First Sunday After Trinity are discussed in Episode 2. The Epistle reading for First Sunday After Trinity, 1 John 4, 7-21, offers more teaching from St. John on the Christian virtue of love based upon the Greek agape, meaning unconditional love, such as the love God has for his creation. Because the Gospel reading for First Sunday after Trinity is fairly long, instead of commentary, I refer you to my discussion of the theological virtue of love, the subject of the video for First Day of Christmas, December 25th, in the AIC seasonal video series, The Twelve Days of Christmas. The Gospel reading for First Sunday after Trinity, Luke 16, verses 19 to 31, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, is the first of five consecutive selections from the Gospel of St. Luke in the opening weeks of Trinity season. The heavy emphasis on St. Luke during Trinity season has two likely causes. First, St. Luke's decision to write his Gospel for the world in general. And second, equally likely, St. Luke's elegant prose style, including his word choice and devices, such as the removal of one character from the narrative before the introduction of another. The parable of the rich man and Lazarus, one of many unique parables found only in St. Luke's Gospel, was hugely popular in the early church in both the East and the West. The beggar named Lazarus in the parable is not the same man as Lazarus of Bethany, brother of Mary and Martha, also of Bethany, who died and was raised from the dead by Jesus, as described in John 11, verses 1 to 46. The name Lazarus is the English translation of the Hebrew name Eliezer, which literally means God has helped. In the Anglican and most Protestant traditions, the rich man has no personal name. 
In the Roman Catholic Church, he is known as Devies, which comes from the Latin adjective meaning rich in St. Jerome's Vulgate Bible. St. Luke uses all his literary skills to offer us a vivid account of Jesus' descriptions of Lazarus and the rich man. Lazarus the beggar is in a pitiful state, his body full of sores, according to chapter 16, verse 20, laid at the gate of the rich man and begging for crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. St. Luke's account further adds the horrifying image of dogs licking the sores on Lazarus's body. The rich man, the opposite of the downtrodden Lazarus, is described as clothed in purple and fine linen, and it was said that he, quote, fared sumptuously every day. The account tells us three things about the rich man, the color of his clothing, the fabric from which it was made, and his choice of food. First, concerning the color of his clothes, in the first century only the nobility and the very wealthy could afford purple garments, a color made possible by an extract of mollusks sold at high prices by the Phoenician traders of what is now the coast of Lebanon. Second, concerning the type of fabric, the rich man wore linen, a fabric which only the very wealthy could afford. Finally, concerning his food, St. Luke says the rich man enjoyed good and plentiful food every day, that's verse 19b, which could not be said of the average man or woman of that day. The parable teaches a great deal about the Hebrew and early Christian understandings concerning the fate of the dead. Luke tells us that both men died, Lazarus first and then the rich man. When the poor beggar Lazarus dies, he is, in verse 22, carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Angels are created beings who do God's work, usually carrying messages. When the rich man dies, he is sent to the torments of Hades, in verse 23. The phrase Abraham's bosom, or bosom of Abraham, occurs only in the Gospel of St. Luke. Hebrews in the first century believed that after death, the faithful among them would be met in heaven, meaning the place where God dwells when he is not sitting on the mercy seat in the temple. He is to be met there by Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the three patriarchs of the Hebrew people. Abraham's bosom in the early Christian understanding means heaven. The Hebrew term for the resting place of the dead was Sheol. The Greek word for the same place is Hades, generally called hell in Western church Bibles, following the translation by St. Jerome of the Bible from Greek into Latin. The rich man now resides in the place of the dead before the general judgment. The rich man looks up to see the beggar Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. The fact that the rich man was a Hebrew is revealed in his words. He cries to, quote, Father Abraham to send Lazarus to him to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. To the rich man's plea, Father Abraham reminded the rich man that in life he had had many advantages while Lazarus had evil things. Now Father Abraham said it was Lazarus who is comforted, 
and you who are tormented in verse 25. The most chilling part of Father Abraham's speech to the rich man is his reminder that those, quote, who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us, in verse 26. The verse reflects Jesus' statement that after death it is too late to lament the course in life one has taken. The rich man heard this distressing news, but he showed that he only partly understood the message. He begged Father Abraham to send a messenger to his five living brothers to testify to these things so that they not end up in Hades. Father Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. The parable of the rich man and Lazarus illustrates the Christian concept of free will, that is, that all men and women on earth have ample opportunities to live a righteous life. They have ample sources of guidance on how to live such a life in both the Old and the New Testament teachings. All that keeps anyone from visiting a synagogue or a church is their own decision not to go and listen. Even after these wise words from Father Abraham, the rich man still does not seem to fully understand. He replied that if Abraham sent back one from the dead, the brothers might listen. Father Abraham replied coldly in verse 31, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. The message is that we all have choices. We can all hear what is said and that we are all responsible for our own choice not to hear the teachings. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily for First Sunday after Trinity are from the AIC Bible Study Series New Testament Gospels a lengthier discussion of the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, plus a rarely seen 11th century illumination from Germany, you can watch episode 19. In the 12 days of Christmas previously mentioned, the theme word for first day of Christmas, December 25th, is love. Love is also the theme of the podcast homily for Christmas Day. For also for third Sunday in Advent, and with a slightly different approach for fourth Sunday in Advent. In the Lives of the Saints, an AIC Christian education video series in multiple episodes from the first series, St. John is the focus of episode 4 and Luke of episode 14. From the second series, St. Jerome of Jerusalem is the focus of episode 24. And Archbishop Thomas Cranmer, one of three English martyrs, celebrated in episode 28. Episodes in seasonal videos and Christian education videos linked from the digital library page, Bible study videos from the Bible study page, and podcast versions of all three from the podcast archive page. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, in the Gospel of Luke, annotated and illustrated in Part 1, I explore the intended audience, writing style, and unique content in Luke's Gospel. The parable of the rich man and Lazarus is discussed in Chapter 16. 
The illustration on page 171 is the colorful and highly imaginative three-tier tempera and gold on parchment illumination from the Codex Aureus of Echternach, produced between 1030 and 1050 A.D., which was mentioned earlier in this homily. In layman's lexicon, key words and phrases of interest are Abraham's bosom, allegory, angels-slash-archangels, Hades, love-slash-loving, parable, and virtues. In Hear Us, O Lord, Daily Prayers for the Laity, today's first closing prayer is the fifth prayer in the First Hour Office on pages 87 to 94. All the AIC Bookstore publications are available using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net or directly through my Amazon Author Central page, https colon right slash right slash www.amazon.com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen E hyphen Shibley. Everything after dot com must be in lowercase letters. The first closing prayer for First Sunday after Trinity is from the ancient first century liturgy of St. Mark the Apostle in the Coptic tradition in Alexandria, Egypt. The second is the collect for First Sunday after Trinity which Archbishop Cranmer adapted for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from the Gelasian Sacramentary. We give thee thanks, O Lord our God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for all thy goodness at all times and in all places, because thou hast shielded, rescued, and guided us all the days of our lives and brought us to this morning hour, permitting us again to stand before thee and implore forgiveness for our sins. We pray and beseech thee, merciful God, to grant in thy goodness that we may spend this day and all the time of our lives without sin, in fullness of joy, health, safety, holiness, and reverence of thee. Drive away from us all envy, fear, temptations, the influence of Satan, and the snares of wicked men, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, the strength of all those who put their trust in Thee, mercifully accept our prayers, and because through the weakness of our mortal nature we can do no good thing without Thee, grant to us the help of Thy grace, that in keeping Thy commandments we may please Thee, both in will and deed, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.
dot net.